Wisdom is an important thing in the Christian church, but what if the wisdom you have isn't godly wisdom? Let's talk about that today on The Midweek Move. To the Midweek Move podcast, we examine the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves, what does it actually mean and how does it apply to our lives? Today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined again by my good friend, Ben Schmaltz. What's going on, everybody? Glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you here, Ben. Ben, we had a great conversation last week going mm-hmm. through the first half of John, or not John, James chapter three, yeah. talking about the power of the tongue. And we had some great encouragement for people about uh, speaking into their lot, not just to others, but how we speak to ourselves yeah. and all these yeah, other yeah. things. And we're going to be picking up now in verse 13 with a kind of a natural outgrowth of this whole conversation about what we're saying. Mm-hmm. But now it's this this whole conversation about wisdom. And there's two different kinds of wisdom that's going to be taking place. Uh, so let's, let's just jump right into it. Uh, verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Now, this conversation about wise understanding, uh, I feel like we need to we need to break down these two words, wise and understanding, because... I think a lot of people, me included, when I first started studying stuff years ago, thought it was the same thing. Yeah. But to be wise, it means to uh, walk out what you know. Mm. Like, it's, that's that's, that's the whole aspect of wisdom. It's good. It's not just a, a head knowledge. It's not just a matter of, of being scholastically there. But it's walking out. It's how you live. And then understanding, it means to have be specialized in knowledge about a specific topic. So James is talking to these people, probably rabbis, and by rabbis we mean Christian rabbis, Messianic rabbis. Uh, but those of you who are wise, mm-hmm. you, you're walking this out, and those of you who have understanding, um, by your good conduct, I'm kind of paraphrasing it, by your good good conduct, let um, let you show uh, your works with the meekness of wisdom. But this meekness of wisdom, what does that mean? Yeah, I, I, as humility, uh, that that's with the the word meekness, and I'm sure you can elaborate uh, in, in your own notes in your own way. But for me, and, and how I'm looking at that is is I mean, you have there's wisdom that people that that arrogant wisdom that just walk around and and they just know it all. Mm. You know, I try to teach my son all the time. Hey, don't be a know it all. Don't be a know it all. Right. We don't want to be a person that walks around just thinks they know everything about everything and that their ways the how. And I love this meekness of wisdom because wisdom is not often associated with humility. Because mm. uh, wisdom is like, oh, you're better, you're smarter, you have, you're wise, you're mm. wisdom. But there's a way that you live and you walk in life. I mean, the, I feel like the Pharisees they'd walk around they'd have their shoulders <laughs> strutting. You know, they're like, oh, I'm a Pharisee. Look at me. And Jesus was meek, right? Like, not weak. Not to be confused. Weakness is, right. is not the same word as weakness. Although growing up, that's what I thought. Right. Every time I heard it taught, it's a humility. It's a. It's a. It's a way to walk knowing and have I have I'm all confidence in the world but I don't need to boast about it I don't need to show mm-hmm. it and so I think I don't know that's my thoughts on it so maybe you have a different opinion or maybe no, the same or no. I mean that's part of it is this this meekness of wisdom and of course we know from proverbs that um um the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom yeah. there's this understanding of yeah. our place and our position in in the universe in relationship to God that's how we start off Love it. to truly be wise we have to understand who God is yeah. and our position with him but with that comes this understanding of the abundance of grace that the divine has for us. Mm-hmm. Here is the God of the universe. He is perfect. He has created all things. We sinners, people who have 
who are um, done things that are a stench in the nostrils of God. Yeah, we who deserve ultimate punishment, no questions asked. Right, right. Have been given abundant grace. Abundant to call the God of the universe Father. Yeah, come on. That's so powerful. <laughs> and it's so like cliche and something we say all the time. But like if we just think about those words. Right. We talked about words last week. Right. Think about those words, man, that that the creator of all things. Right. That he's just not some dude sitting on a throne that's ruling over his people. Right. Like he wants to be a father. Who's a father? A good father is someone who's close to you, intimate with you. Mm-hmm. Jump up on his lap. Let him sit there. You can right. watch the football game with him. Right. Be close to the father. Man, dude, right. that's such powerful words. I and love that. So having the understanding of who he is, that unlimited grace, there is a meekness that should come. Uh, yeah. This understandingness of, of humility of going, I am only here mm-hmm. because of the graces that he has given me. Yeah. And so he's he's encouraging these this early church right here. If you consider yourself to be wise mm-hmm. and to truly have understanding, specialized knowledge in certain things, your conduct, the way you act, the way you treat others, your faith expressed needs to be marked by the meekness yeah. of that wisdom, hmm. the humility that comes. And so he's he's drawing their attention. He's like, look, you guys, stop where you're at and understand this is what you need to be. But now he's bringing a rebuke to them, verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambitions in your heart, do not boast and be false in of the to the truth. Mm. So let's, let's break this down backwards. He's saying that these two things, mm-hmm. that if you have them, that if you boast in who you have, in basically living out this, this verbal this thing, you're not yeah. living in, in humility. Um, it is you are false to the truth. You're misrepresenting God, basically. Yeah. So let's rewind. What does this mean? Bitterness of uh, bitter jealousy. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I think every one of us teaching and and listening <laughs> to this <laughs> podcast uh, has a form of jealousy and selfish ambition inside of us. Mm-hmm. That that is something we wrestle. It's flesh. It's it's our flesh, right. and we wrestle with that every day. It's the very reason why we needed Jesus in the first place to come down right. uh, and die for our sins and resurrect three days later. Uh, it's why we need salvation. It, it's the very thing inside of us. And I think that uh, so many times we we have this attitude that because I know who Jesus is, because I know that he's Lord, I love what James says in another I forget which chapter is in, but he's like, oh, the demons even know that. You know, right. it's like, oh, good for you. You believe that Jesus is Lord? Well, so do the demons. Right. Uh, so just we have this false sense of security that because I have that belief that I am 100% okay with God. Mm. And I love that James is like, again, and that's another chapter for another day, but <laughs> I, I, jealousy and selfish ambition, it's in us, it's at the heart, it's at the root of us, and it is our journey with Jesus that rids us of that and is taken away from that through the grace and the mercy and the blood of Jesus and the forgiveness that comes with sanct- sanctification process of salvation. Uh, man, I, and I think that that there's so many people in church that are Christians today that are not just like that's the root and we all deal and we're battling with it, but that has overcome their life mm. and they have a false sense of security of salvation. It's in Matthew where Jesus taught, uh, many of you prophesied in my name, I'm going to look at you and say, depart from me, 
because you're workers of evil. You right. broke God's law. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's so many people that are bound by selfish ambition, bound by uh, jealousy, bitter jealousy. So not just like, oh, man, I really wish I had that, but like you're controlled and motivated mm. by getting what other people have or wanting whatever, right. fill in the blank, not just stuff, but just maybe a status, maybe whatever right. the case may be, that we're just jealous of what other people have. You know, we're not satisfied. Right. Uh, and I think there should be a, 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 a level of satisfaction in Jesus that it doesn't matter about anything else. I have Jesus. Yeah. And so anyhow, um, yeah, that's my thought on it. That's good. And when, and some of what you're saying though, I mean, if we look at the, um, at the context, this, the churches that he's talking to, we have people in these churches that are operating in yeah. bitter jealousy. They've been, they've uh, been displaced. They're dealing with situations. They have selfish ambitions. They're showing like, look, if I show favoritism to these rich people, they'll give me what I want to do. Yep. And so they're, they're, manipulating 2000 years the church struggled with these issues right <laughs> 2000 years later we're still struggling with these issues exactly that's why we have it in james i love right it. and he's saying like if you are dealing with this stuff yeah. and you're trying to operate you are denying the very truth mm -hmm. you've claimed to proclaim mm. yeah like, that is the crazy part is and and um, we're not here to call names or call anything but there are people that i know there are organizations out there that they do this. Yeah. They are proclaiming yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But because it's, of their attitude, they are denying the Jesus. Yeah, they claim. it's it's why I, was it Gandhi that said, "I like your I like your Jesus." It's just that your church looks nothing like your Jesus. Yeah, your Christians look nothing like your Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, man, how can we get to that level where there's a guy that recognizes and study the Scripture and says, "The Christ that you preach about is wonderful," mm -hmm. but you who preach him look nothing like him. Exactly, uh, and I think that that's where this and that control comes in is that there's so many people again not pointing fingers at any because it, I am one step away from being in that same category. <laughs> there's no, I'm not pointing the finger. I'm just saying, hey, we need to wake up and realize and deal with our own stuff, our own situation, our own walks with Jesus. That I cannot be ruled by selfish ambition and bitter jealousy. Right, absolutely. So continue on verse uh, 15 says this: This is not the wisdom that comes from down from above but earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. There's that Band-Aid rip we mentioned last <laughs> week that James just says, you know what, you guys are demonic in your activity. You're right. demonic in the way you're thinking and the way that you're living. Yeah. I, I love it because it should bring some weight behind it. When you say a statement like that from a pulpit, uh, how many preachers you hear nowadays that say statements <laughs> like that from a pulpit? We want to make everybody feel good when they're going to lunch on right. a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. This guy was like, I don't care if you feel good. I want you to go to heaven, not hell. Uh, the way that you're living, the wisdom that that is 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 not from above is that you're living in is unspiritual. It's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Right. It's just a weight that we should recognize. Red flag. Well, I don't want to be that. Yeah. So is that me? Exactly. And this goes back to the whole conversation of us being self-evaluating. Yeah, 100%. Like, like yes. when I speak, am I doing it out of humility? Mm -hmm. Or is it, am I being selfish about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Do I have some selfish ambition that I'm trying to propagate my own agenda? Mm -hmm. I may be saying the right things. I may yeah. be speaking truth. Yeah. But if I'm doing it wrong, I'm denying the truth I'm yeah. speaking. There, there's one thing I absolutely cannot stand in people, and it's people that are very manipulative, and mm -hmm. they do something to get a result that they're longing for mm -hmm. and not care about the person that they're doing, say, would fill in the blank. I just hate manipulation. Right. I don't like feeling manipulated. I don't like it when I manipulate people. Uh, and and it's just uh, it's it's one we, we, board, we play board games. I, I love board <laughs> games. Risk is one of my all-time favorites yeah. uh, board games. And I this is the only time that I embrace manipulation. 
<laughs> is when you're trying to make a treaty with somebody just so you can win the game, right? right. You have to make a treaty because if you don't make it, you're playing five or six people or however many it is. Right. Uh, six might be too many. Anyway, you're playing and, and you make a treaty. Me and Dallas can have a treaty. Well, the end goal of that treaty is that I'm going to defeat Dallas in that in that game, right? right? But I feel like there's so many people that are playing that way. Like the, the goal of this life is world domination and I'm not in the pinky in the brain style. Right. You know, I want to conquer the world uh, for that reference. Wow. Uh, and so, but, but for, for playing that game is great in that game, but I feel people live that way mm-hmm. in real life that I am in this relationship, not because I love this person, but mm. because this person gives me fill in the blank. And that could be sexual, that could be financial, that could be whatever. Yeah. Uh, they give me this. So that's why I'm in this relationship with this person. That's why I go to that church. I don't go to that church because I care about the outcome of that community. I go to that church because it makes me feel a certain way. Exactly. And you're in the wrong church. You're not doing it the right way. You might be in the right church, but you got the wrong motives for being in that church. Right. You know, and so why are we here? Why do we wake up on Sunday? Do we go to church on Sunday? Because grandma's going to be mad if we don't, you right. know, are you going to develop your relationship with Jesus Christ? You know, don't be manipulative in your relationship with Jesus and your relationship <laughs> with the church, right. because that's the bride of Christ. And he ain't going to play that. Exactly. You're going to stand in front of him. And like he taught in Matthew and he's going to say, go away from me. You broke God's law. Right. That should carry some weight. Oof. So he, he lays out ways that we identify some of the stuff. Verse 16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder for in every vile practice. He's saying that if you're operating in this type of stuff and you're calling it wisdom, what you're going to see is disorder. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see a lot of vile practices take place within what you're doing. Vile practice again, another heavy word to me. That mm-hmm. vile, not just not just bad, like vile, like right. disgusting, <laughs> like terrible. Right. It should be some weight, church. We should listen to the scripture and 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 be serious about our walks with the Lord. Exactly. Now, what I love about James is he doesn't just go, "You're terrible." You know, he's bringing, right. He's like, "All right, now that you right. know what what's wrong." This is what we need to look for. These are the yeah. earmarks of what real godly wisdom looks like. Verse 17. But the wisdom from above is pure. Yes. Then peaceable, Come on. gentle, open for reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And I want us to spend a limited time here to talk about what these you things mean. You have to, yeah. So when, these are all different. When I say that uh, wisdom from above, it's first pure. That's mm-hmm. interesting, the vocabulary. First, it's pure. Yeah. This is an interesting aspect. Scott uh, and I have talked about this several times on the show is you could do the wrong thing, but if you have good motives on it, mm-hmm. God has grace for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not telling you that that every church leader is going to be perfect and that if you're going <laughs> to, no. you're going to be like, you know, you got to do everything right 100%. But if your motives are pure and by pure, you go, wow, I messed up. Mm-hmm. That's that meekness part. Yeah. That's that meekness of wisdom. You're yep. recognizing. Yep. You've done wrong. Yeah. Wisdom doesn't doesn't mean that you're always right. It means that you recognize and you humble yourself when you know that you're yeah. wrong. That's hey, purity. In case you missed last week's episode, uh, I talked about how I hit my son with the pillow when right. I was angry at him, and uh, he lost it. And, and anyway, go back and listen to that story. But I recognize that's right. It wasn't. It was a pillow. <laughs> I didn't hurt him. I didn't even hit him hard. It just. It was. I was angry, and he recognized and hurt his feelings more than anything, and he cried. Uh, so I embraced him. I was quick to respond after seeing the look in my wife's face of, of disgust <laughs> and disappointment. That's Maybe the, not disgust. Holy Spirit often whatever. looks like her wives. Yeah, Holy Spirit. Alexis <laughs> is full of the Holy Spirit. And uh, sometimes I need her face to be the Holy Spirit for me. I was quick to run to that grace and that mercy. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like Joseph was quick to say, okay, 
dad, I forgive you. And I moved on from that. And he may not even remember that story anymore as a seven-year-old, as opposed right. to a four or five-year-old, whatever age he was, uh, because I was so quick to embrace that. But I think that, 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 that my question, Dallas, to you, before we get into this peace and the gentle and the open to reason mm-hmm. is wisdom from above. What do you, cause, cause I want to hear your thoughts. Cause I probably have my own thoughts, but I want to hear yours. What is that? What is wisdom from above? I think wisdom above is the, it is godly wisdom. Again, mm-hmm. we talked about earlier how uh, Proverbs talks about uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And then when you read through Proverbs, which is a book of wisdom, mm-hmm. everything directs back to God. Yeah. And it's the wisdom that comes from him. That's good. It's it's true godly it. wisdom. We're not talking about just you know how to do things, mm-hmm. but it's the wisdom that is divine and spiritual. It's wisdom that, yes, has, is very practical, but it's honoring of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wanted to slow down because so often we hear phrases that we just kind of go by. And I know you mentioned that at the beginning of this, but we talked about that wisdom. But I just mm-hmm. want to slow down again to remind ourselves that the goal is not to be the smartest person on the block. The right. goal is to walk with our eyes open. Uh, the, once I was blind, but now I see. Right. You know, open walking in a way that we have this knowledge and this foresight that, that, Jesus Christ is Lord of all, and yet he calls us sons and daughters, as we mentioned earlier. And so having that wisdom is not just so like I can have the, the, the largest bank account in, in the system. Man, right. I don't care about that. My joy isn't even in that. Right. Although, they, yeah, great. I would love to have a really large one. That'd be yeah. wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be rich one day. You know, that's going to speak with those life. But, man, my goal is to say, I want to walk in a way that I'm so close to Jesus Christ that I have his wisdom. I have his mm. thoughts. I have his mind. I see a situation, and and I'm not trying to manipulate this situation. I'm trying to help this situation right. regardless have Jesus in it and get closer to Jesus, regardless of who that situation involves or what that situation is about. Yeah. Not for my personal game, not what's best for me, but what's best for the body of believers and those that are unsaved that have yet to become believers. Because I love what God says. Those are his children. Yeah. They're not saved. They're not believers. They're blind still. But they're his children. So yeah. how can I help his children have that same wisdom? I need to walk in that wisdom to help them get to that wisdom. Word. And so I love, and then it just kind of describes a little bit of that wisdom, what that wisdom actually is. Absolutely. With some adjectives. adjectives <laughs> exactly. Here. So again, it's pure. It's the exact love opposite it. of of what we talked about, selfish right. and, and, and uh, wrongful ambition. But now we're getting to, what does it mean by it's, Peaceable. It's peaceable. I think. I think peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, right? Mm. Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, and I think that being a peacemaker is huge in church culture because there's been so many and growing up, maybe it's different. Maybe your church is not like this, mm-hmm. uh, not just the healing place, but whatever church is listening. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not like this, and your upbringing wasn't like this. But ours, our board meetings were terrible to go to, not because they were boring. Right, uh, boring meetings. Uh, <laughs> stupid dad joke. I'm sorry, uh, but also because they were bickering mm. and they were fighting. And I remember there was a season of just going to these meetings. It was like I don't want to come here. Right, I don't want to be a part of this. This is not fun. There was no peacemakers. I mean, there might have been the pastor trying to make peace with all the people, but the right. people were like fighting and the board members weren't agreeing. Yeah. And uh, I just had these horror stories when I became a lead pastor and we put together a board and we were leading our church. And I was like, man, my, I was stressing like almost to the point of throwing up for my first board meeting because right. I thought it was just going to be this knockdown, put on the boxing gloves. Yeah. Let's get out. And I get in there and these guys are wanting to help me reach my vision right. uh, as the lead pastor. And I'm like, Oh, this is peaceful. Like yeah. it, 
when, it, when the wisdom of God should carry a level of let's work together mm-hmm. to not discord, right. not to necessarily have our own. Again, it's not it's not not selfish ambition here. We are here to hear from God and to push people closer to God. How's the best way that we can do that? Right. And let's put our own opinions aside and accomplish that vision or right. mission. And that's for every church, regardless yeah. of style, regardless of city, regardless of where you are. Right. As every Christian, I want to work together, and not just for my local body, mm-hmm. but again, I'm I'm I, I'm tw- not even twenty minutes down the road. Our church from the healing place. Uh, I, I want the healing place to be as successful as the healing place can be, uh, and, and and there are other churches that are in our area that are mm-hmm. great churches. Like I don't want to com- be. This is not comp. I hate yeah. when pastors say well, we have to compete with the other church down the road. Yeah. Well, you're not doing it right. If that's the case, there should be a level yeah. of peacemakers where we can sit down and he could have me as a guest on his podcast and say, "Hey, let's talk about the Bible together because right. we're at this mission together." Exactly. Hundreds of thousands, I don't know the numbers, people that don't serve Jesus in Shreveport. Right. We need every church to be full exactly. because there's people that need Jesus. Word. So let's work together and have a peace right. within our church community. When people show up, they're not like, that's worse than the drama right. flick that I watched last night. Exactly. You know? Now, peaceful does not mean that there's not conflict. Ever. Right. There, there's right. some, there, there is conflict, but we're working to bring peace together, which is kind of leans into the next word. Gentle. Yeah. There's a gentility about things where, you know, I'm not coming at you. It's like, no, you're wrong. It, where, you know, and we that, have that was in those board meetings that I mentioned was the most surprising thing. Cause yes, we disagreed. We, several things we disagreed on. I was sitting there with, with a guy who is uh, midlife, uh, not old, but not young, you mm-hmm. know, married, had a family of five. I was sitting there with an elder. We had a lady that was on our team. She was retired, almost retired, uh, mm-hmm. retired now, uh, was almost retired and elder and her and, and her kids are grown up and having kids or she's grandparent age. Right. And then me and another guy, we're, we're younger, you know, and we're in this meeting and we're talking and we're having these things. And we disagreed a lot because yeah. we didn't see the world in the same viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have to realize that that just because me and Dallas don't agree, maybe even on a scripture, there may even come a scripture that we read and we're like, well, I see eye to eye on that, mm-hmm. which most of the time me and Dallas do, or Dallas says something. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right, Dallas. That's right. Because uh, Dallas is so wise. And so I love to learn from him. But there may be some times that we don't agree on everything, but I can gently say, hey, I don't really agree with that. I don't right. think that that's how, it doesn't mean I belittle you. It doesn't mean that I'm I'm angry. It doesn't mean I bad mouth you. It's just that, hey, we can handle uh, disagreement right. with a gentle attitude right. uh, instead of being aggressive and trying to win out, right. you know, well, trying to get my opinion. But then it leads into the next thing that you that you pointed out greatly. Open, open to, to reason. reason. Open to reason. We're open to go. I always in. get ahead of myself. It's all good, man. That's great. We're, <laughs> it's great segues. <laughs> no, it's perfect. But it opens us up. We need to be open to going, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe we, we That's just it. Have, That's we, it. We just had this conversation off off camera a bit ago of uh, I was I'm doing some sermon prep for something mm-hmm. and I was talking with an individual that I, I have a lot of respect for. I honor them. They have spoken a lot of things to my life and they go, I've never heard anybody say this before. Yeah. And I begin to question myself. Like I've legit begun like, Am I wrong? Yeah. <laughs> so so I stayed up a little bit longer than I should have last night and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of worrying about it. And I went through some books today and and I'm like, no, no, I'm right. Yeah. But I was open to being wrong. So many people, yep. Yep. And this is where people get themselves messed up. They think in their wisdom, they're always right. They're not open to being wrong. We have to be open to going, maybe I missed it. Yeah. And we're, you know, as long as our brothers are coming to us in gentleness and Love trying it. to make peace of it, we should and we're open to reason, we can work things out together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which brings us to the next thing, full of, full of mercy. mercy. 
Because when you people make a mistake, you've got to be able to say, "Hey, it's okay." Yeah. Or, or even yourself, like, "Be, <laughs> hey, I made the mistake." Can right. I, you know, have that willing that mercy. I love that. I Absolutely. love that it just leads right into that. Right. And good, and good fruits, fruits, which means that things grow from this. Right. You can have like right. there can be growth in the church. There can be growth in your family. There can be growth in your community if we're walking in true biblical wisdom. And then finally. And it's interesting because uh, the way the grammar works out, there's there's a comma here. So there's like, there seems to be a low level of things together because this is not the Oxford comma that's in place here. Impartial and sincere. Impartial and sincere. What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah. Impartial meaning meaning don't have uh, again. This is open to interpretation probably, but for me, it's it's it's. I don't lean a certain way going into a conversation. Like even this conversation about this scripture that, that Dallas and I just come talk about, like I, I, I have my thoughts and I have my opinions, but I'm, I'm not impartial to them. Like I want to discuss and see. That's why I keep saying, Hey Dallas, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Cause I want to know is, is am I impartial to the conversation? I want to, mm-hmm. I want to learn. I want to understand that, that my way of life, and this is where, and maybe this is opening a topic that, that we didn't intend to get into, but I, a few about 10 years ago or so, I, we're going through a bunch of police brutality and stuff like that. And black lives matter was, was blowing up all hashtagging all over the place. Right. And I didn't want to jump into something that I didn't understand, like just because it's trending, you know? And so yeah, yeah. I started a discovery in my own life of prejudice, uh, of, of discovering, am I prejudice? Like, am I, do, am I doing things that are coming off as prejudice? And, and 10, 15 years later, I don't remember how long ago it started. It started a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realized I was, and I had to adapt, and I had to change, and I had to realize that I was not going to be impartial to the way I was brought up. Not that the way I was brought up was terrible. I had good, godly mother and father. Right. But just the culture I grew up in, was I living life the way Jesus would live if he was in my situation? Uh, and so I had to not be impartial in order to discover that there are things that I was doing that was coming off as hate and anger and prejudice towards a race of people that I had no intentions of it coming off as. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I had to be very impartial in that conversation in my own life to discover that, hey, just because I heard this my entire life did not mean that it was the correct way to live life. Right. Uh, it's kind of like grandma's recipe of of meatloaf. Everybody's grandma made the best meatloaf, which I don't know why I use meatloaf. That's a terrible, <laughs> I don't know if there's a great meatloaf, uh, but let's just chili. Everybody's favorite chili That's probably way better than meatloaf. Uh, grandma's chili was the best. Is it? Because I've had a lot of your grandma's chili and none of it's been very good. I think you just grew up with that, right. that, that, that I'm very partial to grandma's cooking because there's just memories tied yeah. to that. That it's not as good as you thought it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that I'm older, I realize that food wasn't good. I used to love McDonald's. And now that I'm an adult, I hadn't eaten it all often. I went back. I'm like, Man, this is terrible. Why am I eating this food? It's not very good. Shout out to all you who love McDonald's. Uh, Chick-fil-A, God's chicken, uh, is the place you should be. Anyway, no no endorsement, by the way. <laughs> nope. <laughs> He's like, nope, not at all. <laughs> so, yeah, that's great, though. Like, we do have to be impartial. Impartial. I didn't get to the sincere no, part, but yeah, I'll let you But, well, it. that's the thing is that sincere, this impartialness, means that you're being sincere about when you're approaching yes. situations. Yeah. What I love about it is this almost is a perfect book into that first word of being pure. Mm. A pure heart mm. comes in. They have no motive. They're just doing yeah. it because they, yeah. they want We need to be, the, the book end of it is we have, while we have all these things, we're doing it in an impartial spirit. Yeah. And we're being sincere. And we're being sincere in glorifying Christ. Yeah. That's the point of it. Yeah. Then we get to verse 18. In a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make mm. peace. Mm. So what we have here in this early church is you have peace being 
not taking place. Yeah. You have people disturbing things. You have people being relegated to one section because they're not the in crowd. You have people being elevated because, well, maybe they can give you some stuff on the back end. A lot of manipulation takes place. They're not seeing a harvest of righteousness because people are not making peace. Yeah, I, I man, this word is so strong and so good. We could spend two or three episodes probably just on this mm-hmm. alone. But I, man, dude, can can we just for a moment? I'm a church leader, so I think of the church world. But let's just break it down to the family. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're facing a marital issue in your family where you're you're constantly battling. Mm. You're facing even divorces in conversation. Mm. You're facing just hardship after hardship, and you love this person. You married this person. You want this to work out, but you just don't know if there's any hope left in your marriage. Could you imagine the outcome of your relationship with your spouse if you attacked it with heavenly wisdom instead of earthly wisdom. It's not about X's and O's, do these 12 steps and you're going to have a healthy marriage. It's about saying, coming into this and saying, Lord, there's no jealousy. Mm. There's no selfish ambition. I'm going to attack my wife in this relationship with purity. I'm going to attack it peacefully. I'm going to be gentle and open to reason to realize that even though that's for me, I'm saying wife, it it may be husband for you. If if you're female, obviously, but let's say, let's say, you know, in that relationship, am I coming in and, and I'm saying, am am, am I trying to get my opinion or my way of living life Mm. or am I, attacking my marriage, thinking about what is best. So as husbands, love your bride as Christ loves the church. Love your wife, your spouse as as Christ loves the church. I I can say that every day and realize I'm being convicted (laughs) because I don't love my wife enough and I need to love her more because Christ loves the church more than anything in this world. It is the whole reason he's motivated to do all that he has done. That's why he created everything. It's because he loved us so much. So uh, I've got work to do in that area. Thank God for grace and mercy. (laughs) But I I also, like, man, if you have the wisdom that he has, you're attacking your your struggle, the thing that is about to throw you under, the thing that's going to cause drowning in your life, you're attacking it now with a different mindset. You're not attacking with selfish ambition. What's best for me in this outcome? Well, I wish my spouse would do this because that's how it should be done. Mm. Or, or are you serving? Cause right. love is, that's love so is also an action. It's right. not just a word. Like it's mm-hmm. not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Right. We Pentecostal charismatic <laughs> want to worship and cry and feel all the emotions that we love. And there's right. nothing wrong with that. We often forget that love is not just that feeling. Love is an action. Love right. is what I do for you. Exactly. Uh, and so now if I'm attacking this and saying, I'm serving my spouse by saying it, I'm impartial to this fight. I'm impartial mm-hmm. to this disagreement. And again, you, that's in the marriage world, but what about our churches that yeah. interact? Dude, I don't think people are seeing righteousness in church in this generation because for several generations we fought and bickered. And f- I remember hearing stories about the tent revivals that were wonderful, but they were competing. Oh, oh my tent was a foot longer than your tent. Uh, or we had a thousand it's people crazy. and I had 2,000 people. And they're talking about that. And their average largest tent mm-hmm. revival in the area. Right. Uh, and they're, again, I'm not belittling our forefathers because they had some incredible amazing, things amazing that have affected things. my life now. I'm just saying, like, the mentality of competition is no place right. in the kingdom of God because it starts off with discord. It starts off with Dallas is not my competition. Dallas is my helper. Uh, The Healing Place, Gateway Church, we're not in competition. We're helping one another achieve God's vision for Shreveport, Bossier area. And that goes beyond even the church world, even in our our communities and stuff. Once our community starts as a whole, starts going, we're here to help each other, Mm -hmm. we will see a shift take place wherever we're at. If you can get four or five people in your neighborhood to go, hey, Let's help each other out yeah. to make our neighborhood good. That neighborhood will flourish. Yeah, love within, that. within a couple of years, it'll be it. completely different. Yep. But it takes people coming at it with a pure heart, mm-hmm. being peaceable, 
gentle, being open to reason, full of mercy, uh, which in good fruits, being impartial, sincere, so they can see that harvest of righteousness take place wherever yep. they're at. Yep. And it is a culture change. Mm -hmm. It's not one of those things where we go, flip a switch, we're good to go. It's a gradual culture change that has to take place because it has to start in the hearts yeah. of the individuals. Yeah. The, we talked about last week about the how um, the out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That was yeah. kind of the big take. That's how Jesus would have said what, what James was teaching about, mm -hmm. what we say, the things we bring out. Why? Because this is where it starts. Yeah. Yeah. This is where it comes from. Yeah. And if we want to see changes, we have to be examining ourselves, make sure our own hearts. We're not coming at it with selfish ambitions. We're not coming at it with wickedness of mind. And then let that permeate amongst the communities we're in. Mm -hmm. No yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't, again, it's the cliche teaching you know, that Jesus, and I say cliche, we just use it so often that yeah. it becomes cliche. Uh, it's the teaching that, that you can't produce apples from an orange tree. Right. You know, it's, it's the Holy spirit. If you want the Holy spirit, you want him to move in your life. You want him to be in your life. He's going to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Word. goodness, self gentleness, excuse me, and self-control. Yeah. I skip gentleness. That's an important <laughs> one too. Uh, he's going to do that. Yeah. And we don't see all of those things in the church today. And again, mm. this is not picking on any one church. I'm just talking about in general, right. the Western church don't see those things happening because our roots are not in the Holy spirit. Mm. They're not in the word of God, uh, which are one and another the same. The spirit is the word of God. The word of God is, <laughs> you can't have the Holy spirit without having the word. I mean, right. they're together. They're joined. The, the Trinity is, is one. Yeah. They're together. The father, they're together. God is, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word right. is God. You can't have God without having the word. You can't have a Christian life without being embedded in the Holy Ghost right. and embedded in the presence so of good. Jesus. And if you are embedded in that, your roots are going to get the nutrients that are going to provide the life that you need. And when there are fruits uh, on you that may be an apple, when you we're supposed to be producing oranges, your apple is disunity, your apple is whatever, and you're supposed to be an orange tree of love or peace or whatever. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with apples. That sounds like I mean, <laughs> I'm such a Sometimes I get weird analogies. But you have this ability ability is that are you are you really and take a step back without that selfish ambition mm. without that that lifestyle of, of a viewpoint and say am i what do i look like to other people yeah and for those of us that are married ask your spouse what do you look like <laughs> to people because they they will tell you and and uh, they can tell you in love I, I, please tell them in love right and say hey no this is uh you you kind of you're kind of doing this thing wrong mm -hmm. um i often love to to, to just self-check and ask the i have a couple of close friends so my wife is obviously one of those but i have a couple three or four other guys that i'll ask and say hey man am i wrong in this situation mm -hmm. what can i do better in this situation yeah and I have an open relationship with them where they can tell me and I won't be offended by them because, yeah. you know, that's just how we self-examine so and to look at ourselves and say, hey, is there any, what is the, the harvest of righteousness? Mm. Lord, we need a harvest of righteousness in our churches. Right. Because I'm tired of seeing uh, our churches not look like Jesus because yeah. ultimately it pushes other people. They don't need Jesus if we look just like them. There's no need for a savior if they're not being saved from anything. Right. And if they're looking at the people that are claiming salvation that look nothing different than them, why would they commit to something that is not going to change them at all? But you give them a message of hope and, and change and supernatural going from dead to alive. Right. The song we sing every <laughs> every other Sunday, probably Graves in the Gardens, you right. know, Beauty for Ashes. Yeah, yeah. You sing about those things. Man, it, dude, if we can give them that, mm. they'll run into it. Oh, yeah. And the line will be forever long. You want to talk about church growth? That's the way right. you grow your church. You give them life change. Not that I have life change. 
but I have a message that has changed my life that's been given to me. I love Paul. Paul had a burden to tell as many people about Jesus as possible because he felt like he didn't deserve the message that was given to him because of mm. his past. So there was a humility to say, if I have this message, it was not given to me just for me. It was given to me to give to others. Word. So I have to go give it to others. And so I think, I, I told you before we started, I love this chapter and I get fired up about it every time we talk <laughs> about this portion specifically of this chapter because I feel like so many miss out and they feel like because they believe Jesus Christ is Lord mm. that they're right with God. Yeah. And and the reality, Scripture says, James says, others say, that's not true. Yeah. It's not true. Just because you believe that Jesus is Lord doesn't mean that you're living righteously with the Lord. Righteousness comes by sowing peace by those who make peace, sowing right. in peace by those who make peace. Uh, and man, dude, when's the last time we fought for peace instead of our own way? Mm. When's the last time, you know, you want to talk about how, to, oh, what church is right, what church is wrong? I don't care what style of music you're going to play on a Sunday morning. Right. Uh, if you want to play an organ and have hymns, go for it. Yeah. You know, uh, I, if you're having the Holy Ghost, have the Holy Ghost. If you want to play electric <laughs> guitar, I saw a guy they 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 redid uh, "Raise a Hallelujah" and they were doing like death metal version of it. Wow. Like, hey, if people can get Jesus through that, you know, then go it for it. You know, <laughs> I didn't hear that. It's you not about that. that. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. Oh man, that's so good. Well, guys, hey, here in a minute, Ben's going to give us his big final takeaway, which he kind of gave already. But yeah, make sure probably. you guys uh, subscribe <laughs> to the podcast on yeah. YouTube and on your favorite podcast catch. We'll share it out. Next week, we're going to be getting into a really interesting conversation because we talked about bringing peace. But next week, we're actually going to be examining what actually causes the conflict, what causes quarrels. It's going to be a great conversation. One heard you guys. Oh, part James Ford is wonderful. It is. So, Ben, what is your... Yeah, take I probably ran through it already. But uh, <laughs> one thing, one thing that I absolutely just, just, my, if it, just in, in a sentence form, if I can do it that way, maybe I can't because I ramble. I'm a preacher. Forgive me. Uh, is this is is don't live life as as Christian. Don't live a your Christian walk with the Lord uh, with thinking that you're a know it all. Mm. Uh, and that's that's as easy as break down as simple as I can say yeah. it because uh, the reality is is that. In our Christian's walk, which is a process of sanctification, that mm -hmm. we're at one point now, but we won't, we're never gonna, don't ever arrive in your walk with Jesus. Understand that every, I think if the wisdom of the Lord has taught me anything, having that wisdom from above is that you'll never arrive as a leader, you'll never arrive as a Christian to get to a point because I will never be Jesus, I'll never be God. I can just get closer and closer to the Father, right. but I'm still very far away from the Father. Like right. I just, it just, it's, it's not to discourage you, but it's also to say, hey, there's hope. Yeah. You know, I look at other men of God in my life. Uh, you guys, house pastor, Pastor Scott Etheridge is one of those guys that's just like God's best friend. And I'm like, <laughs> man, if I could ever just be God's best friend like Pastor Scott, you know, and that, I'm not, I'm, I'm saying that as a joke, but I'm being dead yeah, serious yeah. because I respect him so much and love his relationship with Jesus so much. Uh, again, I, final thought in one sentence here, three <laughs> paragraphs later. Uh, I'll leave you with this. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. That's a super bold statement. Yeah. I don't know a pastor that says that. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't, maybe one or two guys, but most guys don't say that. Most yeah. guys don't have the confidence and the wisdom to say, I'm doing this such a good way, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm. But that is my goal as a Christian, is that I can look at the people that are following me and sincerely say that, follow me as I follow Christ, because I'm doing it in such a way that this will benefit your life. Mm. So good, so good. Uh, for me, I want to encourage you guys, take this warning and examine yourself. Mm -hmm. Examine your heart. Is there selfishness? Are there things in your heart that's not right that in your you're boasting because you are denying the truth you proclaim? But the great thing is there is hope. Mm -hmm. 
there is redemption. Repent, turn. Find people in your life. Like Ben talked about, I have the same way. I have a couple guys in my life that they have an open door to go, hey, yep. um, this wasn't this wasn't the best. Yeah. You know, and take that and and grow from it. Change. Repent. Yeah. If you have in your boasting hurt other people, go to them and go, hey, I was I was wrong in this. Yeah. And I'm I'm trying to be better. But work through these things to become what Christ has called you to be. This isn't a you're done, you're out the door de- declaration. This is a, hey, church, this is wrong. This is how you fix it. And this is what it looks Love like that. as you do it. Yep. That's it. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. Ben, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, my email address, if you want to email me, is ben uh, at gwshreve, so S-H-R-E-V-E mm-hmm. dot com. So you can email me there. Uh, I'm on Instagram as well. Uh, if you can find me on Facebook, probably. But Instagram, my handle is ben. Uh, underscore and then my weird last name schmaltz is s-c-h-m-a-l-t-z uh ben underscore schmaltz and you can find me on instagram give me a follow and i'll probably follow you back uh but send me a message and say hey i'm following you because and I, that way i can shout out to dallas and be like dallas you're the man dude so anyhow that's so how good. you can reach me hey one encourage you guys uh, make sure you follow me with move on facebook again uh, check out the youtube channel share it out that's where we make most of our posts anyways uh but also do me a favor and if you have questions if you need prayer if we can help you take your next step with god reach out to us Media hub at thbstreport.com, or you can uh, email the church directly, however, you want to do that. So, until next time, have a great week. Mm-hmm.